Hello, everyone. Welcome to Adoran Talk Sports, the only podcast that talks about every single sport and every single team, the sport being discussed. Uh, I am your host, Adoran, or Anaru himself. With me here is a guest. Ah, hello. It is I, Muhammad, of Not a Scratch Fame. Yes. And today we're talking about sports, specifically, as you can tell by the title, NBA and the awards. Now, rather than actually talking uh, for an extended period of time, Muhammad, I'm just going to give you the, the, the throne slash the, the, what, the laser pointers or the like the long stick that teachers yeah i was, I was gonna say I'm, I'm more of a you know physical pointer guy myself a physical um, pointer. there you go you have you have the one yeah. with like the little like like hand symbol on it like the number one symbol oh yeah, yeah. it's got it's got it's got the one. hand with the pointer finger out on like yeah. the little plastic hand on the end of it right yep that's exactly the one so exactly. take it away um uh, yeah so this was born out of us wanting to talk about other things and then going on a tangent and talking about sports things and us realizing wait a second there's a sports feed let's just populate it with this um so every insert however often here um will basically get on we'll have you know some sort of topic to discuss and uh seeing as this weekend as of our recording which is we are recording saturday april 9th uh seeing as this is the last weekend of the nba season uh we're going to go into our little, we're made, we made our own little award ballots in terms of, you know, who should win all the regular season awards, who should be on all the various all NBA teams. Um, and we are going to have a death match arguing them is, is basically the idea. It's the goal. All right. Um, so I, I think we can start off. I think it would be fun to start off with, you know, some of the less talked about slash less heated debate ones um and make our way down um so uh let, let's let's start off with with a baby one Let, let's start off with uh the sixth man of the year award um <laughs> the award the award given to the best player coming off the bench in the nba season um historically this has gone to a variety of different players usually someone who gives a really strong offensive spark off the bench uh, in recent years, uh, Lou Williams has been kind of the, the the flag bearer for this award. Um, I think there was one year him and Montrezl Harrell were both on the Clippers, or multiple years they were both on the Clippers, and they were just kind of bouncing the award between each other. Right. Um, so this year, who stuck out to you from, you know, from NBA bench units? Who, who ha- who's caught your eye? Who do you think is most deserving of this award? See, so this is very hard. This decision is uh, extremely difficult. There were so many candidates that throughout this year have been um, worthy of this award if it was any other year. Um, Unfortunately, this year is not that case. Uh, There's just one player. um, And obviously, I think we all know who they are, an entire, like, community behind them for how amazing they are and how statistically great they are and that's right it's none other than kevin love baby let's go oh yes <laughs> no, kidding, absolutely I'm I'm absolutely no shout out to kevin love but uh it's, it's clearly tyler hero i think yeah yeah i don't think there's much debate around this one i've got i've got him here as well on my little ballot which uh i'll send it to you we're not recording video here so i guess i can't really show y'all at home but i have a fun little excel sheet it's it's pretty fun um, but I, yeah, I, I have not as good of an Excel sheet. I have no, I have words on a page and that's about something nice. Else. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's a uh, pretty clear, uh, Kevin Love is a really good shout as like honorable mention in terms of 
Oh, sure. Minutes. Yeah, no, I and think... I, I mean, we have a lot to get through, so I don't know if it's worth diving into others, but that was, that was a good shot. But yeah, Tyler Hero has been... I mean, who leads their team offensively off of the bench? Basically, yeah. Like, uh, like I'm, yeah. I'm going to be... You can, you can go and do this as well. I'll pull up some stats so that we actually sound like we know what we're talking about. But, uh, you know, Tyler Hero, 20 points off the bench, shooting just shy of 40% from three, which is nuts, mm-hmm. considering I don't think Tyler Hero is particularly known as a sharpshooter, despite being pretty solid from three overall. He's like a... In, in general, his game, I mean, this is his third year in the league now. Yep. And uh, he, he came in, he had a... His rookie season was touch and go, and then he really came alive in the bubble, was what it right. was, as yep. that offensive spark plug. And this is kind of just, he hit the sophomore slump, but this is kind of the manifestation of kind of the expectations we had for him. Um, I think it, the, the, it helps the, yeah. that there is no, the Heat, they're starting five. There is no strong offensive juggernaut that is going to carry the team offensively. Um, their starting mm-hmm. five uh, is a very defensive by the group and the Duncan Robinson. So, yeah, yeah um, Duncan Robinson, who this year has, uh, for whatever reason, not been as strong as he usually is. Um, I think I think he's gotten. I don't want to say. I don't know. If better is the right word, but back he's re- he's regressed. He's regressed back to the mean over the course of the season. But I, I think, especially at the start of the season, there was definitely a lot of talk of, oh, he's kind of been overpaid. He's he got the bag, and now he's kind of fallen off a little bit. But yeah, Tyler Hero has definitely been much needed. He's a big reason, absolutely, that Miami has won the Eastern Conference. Um, I I don't know if we need to spend much more time or if we want to. I'm not really. I'd like um your standard guys. I think are always on the list, like you know Jordan Clarkson and all that. Uh, Kevin Love been great off the bench for the Cavs, but this is Tyler Hero. Yeah, yeah. Without much debate, I think if the if the Jazz or the Cavs, if both of them had stronger second halves to the season, uh, Clarkson and Love would have you know some mention here. But I, I think especially with the way the Heat have locked up the East. Despite mm-hmm. all the injuries they've had all season, it's not even close. Um, all right. We can move into the next award that we'll talk about here. Um, we'll talk about the most improved play, um, the most improved player award, uh, typically given to the player who has made the most impressive leap into the next, I guess, tier of NBA player, typically someone who has leapt into either all star status or star player on their team status um who was either not as impressive or not at all impressive the season before um i don't know should i lead off this one do you want to lead off yeah this go one? ahead you can you can lead I, this one i think all right I, i've got i've got an interesting pick i think there are a whole number of interesting candidates we have this year we have a lot of players this season who were first time all-stars that weren't rookies uh john morant LaMelo Ball, um, to name a couple. Um, but there's another first-time All-Star who this team hasn't had as much success, but he has really... He, he showed flashes of this early... of what he's capable of early in his career, and now I think he's kind of solidified his status as his team's franchise guy and someone who the NBA should look out for in the future. I have DeJounte Murray Ooh, of the San Antonio Spurs okay. as the defensive player, or not defensive player, sorry, the most improved player. If I had him as defensive player, that would be blasphemous. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's had a really solid season um, in terms of numbers. Uh, he has bumped up his scoring by 
about five a game. He is now a 20-point-a-game scorer. Um, but beyond that, he has some numbers that kind of are reminiscent of, you know, I'm not going to make the, I'm not going to say he's headed to like a Russell Westbrook tier, but like someone who can be a triple-double threat. Uh, in addition to those 21 points a game, uh, he is averaging eight rebounds and has jumped up nearly doubled his assist numbers to nine a game, which as a team's point guard, I mean, nine, nine assists a game is nothing to scoff at. Um, right, right. He has become a league, he's frankly become a league average three-point shooter just below. He's hovering around the 33 mark from three. Mm-hmm. Um, the efficiency doesn't really stand out, uh, but the fact that he has made those leaps in his game, made his first all-star game, has the Spurs in the play-in um, over some teams that frankly could have been there above them. Um, not looking at any team in the West in particular. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's very deserving. Um, so I've got him as my most improved player over some of the other first-time All-Stars that could frankly get it. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I, I have a different person on my list. Um, so this is the uh, I do have our a first person. disagreement. I, I guess. Um, I think, first off, huge DeJounte Murray fan. I like the players that have a weird... Not weird thing is different, but like something that's clearly not standard i guess and Dejounte murray is like a guard that at least coming into the league fantastic on defense right that was mm-hmm. the, one of the hallmarks of Dejounte murray and that like kind of appealed to me because when you think of guards you think of uh you know short people that score the ball and i say short people of course being a five foot six guy myself so ah uh, yes of um, course of course we are the it, we are the standard bearers in terms of the height of Woo. professional basketball players <laughs> exactly um but I, I do not have Dejounte murray as my most improved player i have a player uh another first time all-star um but i think you, you kind of touched on it initially like a player that goes typically this is a sign from a player that goes from pretty solid to like the guy uh i have a similar sort of thing as a person that was a star to a potential face of the league mm. and this is none other than Kind of in the MVP, not really in the MVP, but kind of in the MVP running, Mr. Ja Morant. Ooh, I, you know, I like that pick a lot. I can respect Because uh, my, my logic about this is that he is basically in most categories either gotten to a career high or is like stabilizing there. So we're talking a person, we're talking about a guy here, uh, <laughs> to, to use the classic term, uh, 27 and a half points per game. Uh, technically career high in blocks if you want to count that it's not by much uh career high in steals but not by much his assists have been basically for his entire career hovering around seven this year he said 6.7 rebounds is a career high at 5.7 compared to the four and 3.9 that he's had in previous years but the big thing is his three-point shooting is 34 percent, which is a, a career high on significant more attempts than he did in his previous career high, he's shooting four and a half a game this year, as opposed to 2.7 in the year where he shot 33 and a half percent. So slightly more volume, slightly better. His two point percentage is incredible. And I think especially for a guard at 53 and a half percent on 16 attempts a game from two point range. So that's your, you did for Moran in particular, it's him rushing to the basket. Um, but overall, a near nearly fifty percent field goal percent shooter, thirty four percent for three isn't too shabby. And the fact that he's gone from you know that guy to look out for to the guy to look out for, right? Uh, yeah, that sort of shift yeah. there. Um, I think it's it's kind of in my head, it's put John Morant in that sort of territory. Yeah, I I can absolutely respect that pick. Uh, he's definitely made a lot of strides in his game, and I mean, it's just I I think if you asked anyone at the start of the season, would the Grizzlies be the two seed? Uh, 
the answer is no. Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's he's a big part of he. Granted, they've played well without him this season, but I mean, he has been a huge reason. True. That true. Huge yeah. part, a huge part of why they are as high up in the standings as they are. Second best record in the league. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, that's a that's a very solid pick. Two two point guards, two young franchise cornerstone point guards as our as our most improved players. Um, speaking of franchise cornerstones, what is a franchise without a head coach to lead them and give them guidance? Anarud, who do you have as your coach? Uh, I went with the basic choice, I guess, if you want to consider it, but just based on how they're outpacing everybody in the league, I'm going with Monty Williams of the Suns. I cannot disagree. I, I There's definitely an argument for a variety of other uh, coaches out there. I think Tyron Lue in particular deserves a lot of credit considering the Clippers without Paul George for basically the entire season, without Kawhi Leonard for literally the entire season. They should have gone in the tank, and instead they are... You know, they above, they finished above, above five. They yeah. finished above five hundred. They are not out of the play-in, but in a traditional eighteen playoff, they are in the playoffs. Um, yeah, no, he he warrants a lot of consideration. Um, this is a bit of homerism kind of coming out on my end, but I think Ime Odoka is another uh, coach who considers who warrants some consideration um, in terms of the turnaround the Celtics have had. Yeah being a 500 team for nearly the first half of the season, um, being as low as the 11 seed in January and going to, I mean, finishing probably the three seed, potentially the two seed in the East. Um, I, that's no small feat. Eric Spolstra, what he's done with the Heat this season. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, year in, year out, he's a coach of the year candidate. But, I mean, no one can argue with a franchise record in wins. Yeah, um, and I think... Um... So yeah, I, I you know, think it has to go to Monty Williams. Yeah, I, I think in a weird way, if Morant doesn't win most improved player uh, for Grizzly representation, coach of the year, give it to the Grizzlies head coach. I think it's Taylor Jenkins or something. Taylor like Jenkins, yes. Yeah, because the, the exact argument that you gave uh, potentially against Morant is that the team has done well without him. Well, that's at that point, that if you're missing your top tier player, MVP caliber player, that's coaching right there. So it's Especially since... The Grizzlies don't have that clear second star right now. Right, exactly. It is it is John Morant and the boys, and they have been tearing through the league with or without him. Mm-hmm. That I th- I think Taylor Jenkins also deserves some kudos, but I mean the the, the Suns are the best team well, in the I, league yeah, think, without question. Yeah, um, they have had injuries to deal with all season as well. Um, DeAndre Ayton's missed some time. Chris Paul's missed some time. Right, right. Um, so I mean the the fact that. They have weathered that storm. Have lost how many games have they even lost? Fourteen. The, the Suns. I think it's fourteen like, at this point. Something like that. Um, it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. So, the Suns are sixty-four and seventeen right now. Seventeen. All right. You're fit. You're finishing the season with seventeen or eighteen losses. That in and of itself is impressive. Um, there's something to be said for the continuity there, but still, no small feat. Yeah. All right. Um. So we've knocked out the easy individual awards. All the other individual awards are tied into, I, I guess in some way, tie into these all-NBA teams that get picked. Uh, I'll let you kind of lead us off. You want to talk about defense? You want to talk about rookies? What do you feel? <laughs> I'll tell you right now, uh, people at home know this because I don't release NBA content. 
But NBA is the, the Basketball Association, not my uh, top tier sports. So when it comes to rookies and some defensive team members, you know, I'm kind of just going off of what everybody else has been saying. Uh, that is don't fair. Expect, don't expect any bold takes here unless the take itself that I've written down is bold or if I just read a rookie's name that I recognize. So it's really up to you. Um, I guess we want to get all the embarrassing stuff, embarrassing maybe out of the way. We we could uh, we could talk about we could talk about the rookies. Um, cool. So I guess before we talk about who your rookie of the year is. Um, who do you have? Uh, I, I guess we'll save the depth out of it. First team all rookies. Who you got? First team. If, if you if you had to if you had to submit a ballot, who was on your all rookie first team? Uh, these are names that I recognize, and therefore that's why they're on the first team mainly because yep. uh, that's about my logic here. Um, I have them down by position technically. Like, I don't know how positions work on the whole all NBA esque ballots. Yeah, um, I, I don't know exactly where some people are being allowed to be voted this year, but. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my first team is Cade, uh, Josh Giddy, Scotty Barnes, Franz Wagner, and Evan Mobley. We have the exact same all rookie first team. Um, <laughs> that that uh, speeds things up a little bit. I guess. Yeah. Um, no, they've all had very solid first years. They've all acclimated to the NBA really well. Yeah. Um, some Cade had a bit of a slow start, but I mean, he was a number one overall pick for a reason. I think he was also uh, injured early on, right? Was, was he dealing injury. with an injury? Maybe, maybe. Um, Josh Giddy, uh, the youth movement is in full swing in Oklahoma City, and he is shaping up to be a big part of that um, mm-hmm. alongside Shea. Scotty Barnes uh, is somehow one of the best defenders on his team as a rookie. Um, and this is the Raptors we're talking about, right? And, and this is the Raptors, a team full of... Six, Pascal. seven yeah, to six, man. nine guys with long wingspans who can guard one through five. And he has come out as one of the better defenders on that team, uh, which is no small feat. Um, Franz Wagner, insane, insanely hot torch for the match oh, yeah. offensively. Oh, yeah. um, absolutely lit it up, especially early on in the season. He stepped in and looked comfortable straight away. Don't know how much of that has to do with his brother being on the team, but here we are. Um, <laughs> And then Evan Mobley. I mean, what a rookie season from him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, what a rookie season from him. What a strong start from the Cavs. He was a big part of that. The Cavs have struggled without him this year. Very solid. Um, my all-rookie second team. Let me know if you have anyone who's not on this team before we get into uh, before we get into rookie of the year. We might as well go through some of the other rookies who deserve some, uh, some consider or not some consideration, but some kudos. Mm-hmm. Um, I have... Bones Highland out in Denver, Ayo Desumu in Chicago, Jonathan Kuminga for the Warriors, Herb Jones of the Pelicans, and I've got Alperin Singun of the Rockets. Cool. So we got some of the big guys similar. Um, I have, uh, who else is on this list? I have Chris Duarte on my list. Okay. Uh, I thought he's been uh, really good, especially considering it's... Uh, the, the Pacers kind of are a team that just no one thinks about. But uh, overall, I think this season, despite all the ups and downs, he's been pretty solid this year. Um, he is absolutely I, a part of their rebuild going yeah. forward. Um, they're definitely in a state of flux, um, but he's played well. Yep. Uh, I have Jalen Green. I think offensively he's been effective for the Rocket. I think this is one of those situations where it's just a really good player on a team that doesn't have much else. A la, yeah. Like, well, I mean, the, Booker or something like that. yeah, no, the Rockets are... Kind of where the Thunder are in terms of fully leaning into the youth movement. Um, Jalen Green is someone that I left off purely because I feel like I, I would much rather give all rookie honors to... It, it was between him and the other guards, and 
people like Bones Highland and Io Desumu, they have maybe they haven't put up the, they haven't put up the same numbers that Jalen Green has, but they've affected winning on their teams in major ways. That's a big thing. I have I didn't think about winning at all at this. When it comes to like all rookie teams, I think can you just do something on the mm. on the as a rookie? Um, I also have my final thing that I had instead of a Io Desumu, I had a Davion Mitchell. Ah, uh, solely because uh, not. <laughs> this is a bad way to say it, but he he pushed Tyrese uh, Halliburton out of a job, and I feel like that deserves some award. He, I mean, he kind of did, Tyrese. and this is a, this is something that we could probably talk about in another in another episode. But my lord, I mean, what is going on in Sacramento? Uh, I mean, he he did well to you know earn his keep there, um, but man, I don't know what they are doing. Yeah, I think they. It's fascinating to me. That's what I'll say. Oh yeah. Uh, on a team that already had enough ball handlers, he came in and, you know, as a he ball handler, ball earned, his, yeah. earned his keep. Exactly. So, yeah. He had uh, a decent rookie year. He he was yeah. hot and cold, as most rookies tend to be. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, that, so J- Herb Jones and uh, Sangoon are both on my list as well. All right. But uh, all right. Forte, Davion, and Jalen Green. Got and again, this is, this is all kind of just based off of name and what I've heard a lot. So, like, who yeah, I mean, the guy that... The, these are, these are teams that we don't follow super closely. Um but I mean, I mean, for my well, second team, that. I don't follow any of these teams closely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Herb Jones has been a pretty solid Swiss Army knife defensively for the Pelicans. Uh, Sangoon has been another strong big in a rookie class with not many strong yep. bigs. Um, Jonathan Kuminga, uh, I've you know being oh, he's out, been it, great for the Warriors. He has um, he has been great in spurts. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he continues to develop. Um, I think a lot of it is just minutes related. Yeah, his minutes have been up and down as the Warriors lineup has been in and out, but he has definitely shown some flashes of being really strong, um, especially at, what, 18, 19 years old, uh, yeah. coming in and doing what he's doing with the Warriors has been really impressive. Um, and then Isla and Desumu, two guards who have stepped in for playoff teams and given mm-hmm. very solid minutes, um, one earlier in the year, one later in the year. I think yeah. both deserve a lot of recognition and a lot of kudos. Um, with all of that said, with all of these rookies that we have mentioned, all 12 to 15 rookies that we have mentioned, <laughs> who stood out to you the most? Who do you think is deserving of the Rookie of the Year award? Uh, so I find it ironic that I'm going to say this because it goes completely against how I was grading my all-rookie teams in that in all-rookie teams, I was looking for a player that did something regardless of how the team did. My Rookie of the Year is a player that did something while the team won, which is Evan Mobley. I yeah. 100% agree with you. Uh, uh, so far, we're in agreement on a lot of things. Yeah, um, uh, that's not going to last. <laughs> it is. It is absolutely not going to last. We both know it's not going to last. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think he has had an incredible rookie year, and I mean the fact that the Cavs splits with and without him have been insane in terms of the time he's missed really affecting them. Yeah, um, I think I think when looking at this, it was in my head. If I was going purely like statistically speaking, or just impact on the game. I'd have Cade and Mobley roughly in the same spot. And then mm-hmm. my tiebreaker at this point is, well, the Cavs are better than the Pistons are. And, it, it, you know, you could argue team compo- composites of that, but the number of win difference, I feel like, you know... The, oh, yeah. No, at the end of the day, it's, there. you know, it's two rosters full of NBA talent. And exactly. one of them has been much stronger. One of those rosters has been much stronger. Um, and, excuse me, um, and uh, the Cavs have really... They surprised a lot of people. They surpassed a lot of expectations this season. And the fact that Evan Mobley was a very fundamental piece to that, um, I, I think 
makes him very deserving of Rookie of the Year. I 100% agree with you. All right. And now for the other All-NBA teams that don't get talked about as much, um, the All-Defensive teams. Um, we can go in reverse order because I think the we'll have some very interesting picks on the first teams here. Maybe. You're all, you're, well, I think both of these teams are interesting because the All-Defensive teams... There are numbers and stats that back up some people. The eye test backs up some other people. Um, the general hype around teams backs up some other people. Um, so we'll, we'll have some interesting picks. All defense second team. Who you got? Cool. I'm going to go what I have listed here. This was the decision making I had when I selected these approximately three and a half hours ago. Uh, so my mind might have already shifted. Um, and also, uh, again, big caveat here. NBA, not my thing. I don't, uh, not as big of a thing for me compared to like, yeah, and things like that. So, uh, all of this, we'll, 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 we'll definitely trade our roles once NFL award season comes around. Yeah, no, don't worry. Like, all these like stats that you're talking about are, are things like, I'm like, yeah, I vaguely know what that is. We turn around, we go to the NFL, I'll be like, oh, we're talking about like, you know, penalty yards per play or something like that. I've got everybody memorized. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, um, all right. But all defensive second team on my list again similar sort of format i don't i again don't know how the format works but my second team yeah the format for yeah. all of the all blank it, teams two guards it, two forwards a center two guards two right? forwards a center which is not how the all-star game works anymore but it's held over for the all nba teams right yeah uh so second team i have drew holiday mm -hmm. deshante murray okay tease teibel all right uh jaron jackson jr mm -hmm. and rob williams robert williams ah okay I wrote down Rob Williams, even though it's clearly not Rob. Um, but yeah, I mean Robert, Robert Williams, Robert Williams the third, Lob Williams, yeah. Time Lord, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, elite defensively, I do not have him on my all defensive second team. Um, we both have Matisse Thybul. I have him in at guard. Ooh, I, I have Matisse. Forward, yeah, I have him in as one of my guards. I've got Jaron Jackson Jr. in as one of my forwards. Um, both amazing individual defenders. The numbers back them up in terms of steals and blocks. Um, mm -hmm. And all, all around core core players for those two are both the number one players on their team on their team's defense. Um, I've also got well, I guess um, for the for Jaron Jackson, I would agree with you on the on the Grizzlies. I think he's probably the anchor defensively. Matisse Thybul, at least for the at least on the perimeter for on the per yeah, I will agree on the perim on the perimeter for the Sixers. You're you're right. Embiid is definitely the defensive leader on that team. But Matisse yeah. Thybul, what he brings defensively in terms of being able to guard comfortably one through four can guard one through five if needed um and being able to win those individual matchups it gives a lot for philly defensively right um at the other guard i have fred van vliet um, he, yeah he was i was i was between him and drew holiday for this spot um uh, i think i i gave it to van vliet over drew holiday purely because of uh uh not endurance not longevity what's the word i'm looking for i guess health this season um mm, drew holiday's missed a fair chunk of time otherwise he would have been in this spot uh fred van fleet not having missed any major time playing insanely high minutes to still be an effective defender playing about 500 minutes a game um i think is incredibly impressive and we all know what he brings to the floor defensively yeah um and at the center i have bam out of bio as my second team all defensive center um the Maybe maybe not the heart and soul, but absolutely the leader of a stingy Miami Heat defense. Mm -hmm. um, their best record in the league, one of the best defenses in the league, and he's a big part of that. So I've got him all defensive second team. 
Gotcha. Yeah. Um, all defensive first team. Um, you have I have someone from your second team on my first team. I've got Dejounte Murray. I've got him in. I I think he is the maybe maybe not the individual best, but he is definitely in the handful of best one-on-one defensive guards in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, averaging two steals a game is no small feat. Um, and he has done that um, with an increased offensive load as well. He has maintained his defensive excellence. Um, and I, I really think that, you know, if either the Spurs can build around him effectively or if he ends up going somewhere else, whatever happens with him, the, the next few years, he could be someone that, you know, he, he, he won't make the same kind of leaps that other people have, but he, he can definitely become a very solid all-star level name. And I think his defense is his calling guard. So I've got him in on the first team. Um, also on the first team, uh, I've got Marcus Smart of the Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. I've got Giannis Antetokounmpo. Mm-hmm. I've got Mikael Bridges. Mm-hmm. And another one from your all-defensive second team, Robert Williams. Of the Boston Celtics. You got him first team. Okay. I've got him first team all defense. Okay. I've got two Celtics there because it's slight homerism, but I mean, when (laughs) when their defense, with their defense as elite as it has been all year, I can't not put them there. Mm -hmm. Um, The two Celtics. Um, And then uh, Robert Williams and Marcus Smart have been the key guys for the Celtics defense. And Giannis and Mikael Bridges are two of the best defenders in the league, without question. I think they both absolutely deserve to be on the all-defensive first team. So I'm trying to go through the list right now between our teams, and I, I think we have all the same players but but two. Okay. Like, overall, over the 10, and then we've mixed and matched the other ones. So yeah, uh, all-defensive first team for me, uh, Marcus Smart, Mikel Bridges, uh, Giannis, Adebayo, I had him at forward, uh, and then threw in my center, Rudy Gobert. Yes, I'm a Rudy Gobert fanboy. <laughs> there, there it goes. There it goes. Defensive menace. If you so much want to shoot a two pointer, don't add him. Like you know, he, he will. <laughs> that is true. Rudy Gobert. I I considered putting him on the all defensive teams. Uh, my thing was Robert Williams and Bam Adebayo. They are much more versatile defensively. Uh, their teams have been much stronger defensively. Um, and even though the Jazz go from league average to cataclysmic when Gobert steps off the floor on defense, um, what he brings to the floor and how elite he is as a rim protector, I don't think overshadows uh, how much versatility and how much of a tool set defensively Robert Williams and Bam Adebayo have. So I'm trying to think, because part of my... Uh, thing here is I technically have three centers on my list. I have Adebayo in this f- a forward Yep. to throw Robert Williams in. So I know we switched out uh, Van Vliet and Holiday. Who was yes. the other person that we... Oh, I missed someone on my second team. I also had I had Jason Tatum in as the second forward. Oh, that's it. On my all defensive second team. Three Boston players over your two. Yes, <laughs> yes, I do have. I know, I know they're the best defense, but you know, thirty percent of the team to be. But I, I mean, I, I, I can understand it completely. But it, also... this, the Jason Tatum pick was definitely homerism, um, <laughs> combined with at the forward spots. I didn't. I don't think there have been as many standout defenders this year. Yeah, I think a I lot think of the, fact, the standout yeah. defenders this year have been guards, which mm-hmm. made things really tough. Um, I could 
have put I, I was listing Thibault at guard. Had I listed Thibault at forward, uh, there were some other guards that I definitely could have picked. Uh, Drew Holiday comes to mind. Chris Paul got some consideration from me there. Um, but, I mean, I, I think the fact that Matisse Thibault has been a perimeter defender, I kind of felt, felt compelled to list him at guard. Yeah, I, uh, I think the fact that the, uh, the way that um, our teams are set up and the fact that... Uh, I think I was overall, I, we were discussing this a bit previously. I was a bit more flexible when it came to positioning as opposed to you. Uh, so I have three different centers on my all defensive team, despite yeah. technically there being two spots. Is Jaron Jackson a center? No, he plays forward, right? He, he kind of runs the four with Steven Adams running the center. On right. The team. That's, oh, that's another defensive solid player, especially paint wise. Um, definitely a very, uh, Steven Adams is definitely on that like next tier of defender. In yeah, terms of, he's, he's, a, he's a solid defensive presence. Um, but he is not impacting the game individually oh, sure, the way sure, sure. I think it warrants to be on an all-defensive team. Yeah, I think he's he's he's. What am I gonna say? Not so Draymond in the, the he's Draymond in the sense of like that glue under the radar. You don't focus on them for what they do, sort of thing. I think Stephen Adams on the Grizzlies has been you know incredibly underrated because John Morant has been so fantastic offensively and Jaron Jackson's been so great defensively that Stephen Adams the, the like the the pickup of Stephen Adams the trade with. They trade Valanchunas for Stephen Adams. And the it was basically a one for one swap. Yeah, uh, I think that was that significantly helped them help the Grizzlies, despite the fact that no one's really going to talk about it because yeah, uh, while Stephen Adams is a goat, he's not exactly a na- like a name brand in the same way that Jaron Jackson is defensively wise or Adebayo or Giannis or something like that. I, I think another thing is the fact that Stephen Adams and Valanchunas are such similar players. Uh, it felt like a like for like swap where they mm-hmm. swapped in someone slightly older. Um, I'm curious. I haven't read much coming out of you know Memphis, but I'm I'm curious if Stephen Adams' playoff experience and his veteran leadership has uh, had anything to do with their jump this year. In addition to Jaw taking the next step in his game and a lot of other young players stepping up for them, I think that's definitely it. Definitely matters. There's too many instances of it occurring for it not to, like uh, someone else that maybe had an argument for all defensive team. Patrick Beverly, him joining yep. the Timberwolves. Uh, significantly improve themselves improve them defensively despite the fact that you know beverly is a guy on the bench that isn't an offensive threat but like veteran leadership uh the dog mentality that uh he's so oh yeah for, all that combines into uh instilling the team i think stephen adams maybe not in as uh boisterous of a way that uh, uh patrick beverly would do definitely it. definitely not as outspoken as yeah. patrick beverly is i don't think anyone in the nba is <laughs> but yeah that veteran leadership especially on defense Helps so much for young teams. Um, mm-hmm. And that's another great instance of it. Yeah. So that is the all defensive teams. We, we've mentioned a lot of strong defensive players. We've had a lot of the same people in our conversation. But as far as defensive player of the year, there can only be one. Mm-hmm. Who you got? Uh, my selection is purely based on the fact that I want to see the GOAT play live. And uh, no, that's right. I'm, I'm calling it out right here, right now. Uh, purely based on mentality, I want to see the goat from the beginning to the end. So that means you know it ain't Jordan, it ain't LeBron, it's my goat, Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's my goat. Thank you very much. Good night. Ah, uh, yes. That is my defensive player of the year. My goal is simply for him to obtain as many awards as possible, while occasionally allowing the Sixers to win a championship every now and then. That's it. <laughs> I mean, I don't need all those of are, them. Those are contradictory take... wishes, but look, I can look, I can respect I will, your pick. I will gladly take. Uh, as a Sixer fan and a Giannis fan, uh, over the next how long is Giannis probably going to play? Like fifteen years. I will gladly take 
three championships and the rest go to Giannis while we constantly lose to him in the championship round, except for those three championship years. I will gladly take that. Uh, thank you very much. That ends my soapbox. That is that is a very strong defensive player of the year pick. I don't I don't know how much buzz Giannis is getting for defensive player, considering you know he wasn't right. really in the MVP <laughs> debate until like a month ago. Uh, Can we talk about this? Giannis defensively apparently underrated. Based on- apparently, apparently he is underrated. I mean, this year in general, people forgot about Giannis a lot, and I mean, we'll probably talk about this more when we talk about MVP, but. Uh, he was basically forgotten until a month ago when the Bucks were all of a sudden in that logjam in the East, and everyone was like, "Wait a second, Giannis is still wait, the, the same player. <laughs> yeah. He's, like, wait, the he's still, still the same player who was MVP last year and Finals MVP last year exactly. and dropped a fifty piece, not forty nine, not fifty one, fifty. Um, with that all being said, I love Giannis, but and I, this is slight homerism, but also I do think this is this is the truth. I think the Defensive Player of the Year this year is Marcus Smart. I can see that, yeah. I With exactly. how elite the Celtics defense has been and how strong of an individual defender Marcus Smart has been and how little it's been, re- not how little it's been recognized, but there was definitely a long stretch of time where Marcus Smart could have been an all-defensive guy and wasn't because of the number of strong defensive guards there are in the NBA. Um, but I, I think at this point, it's very... You you can make a case for a lot of other people, but it's hard to make a case against Marcus Smart being the defensive player. No, yeah, no, I absolutely agree. There's not much else I can uh, add <laughs> on to it beyond. I am kind of losing you here. I don't know if. Oh no, I I oh. I've just been I've just been oh, stopping you've... my conversation repeatedly. Oh, uh, you've just been quiet this whole time. Yeah. Th- that was genuine silence. Okay, <laughs> that, I I did not think I had uh I had made that strong of a case. I didn't even really make much of a case. No, but... I'm all with you. Uh, I think the, I think the best defender, the defensive leader of the best defense, more often than not, is worthy of the defensive player of the year. So that's dawning on me. No, sorry, I, I'm not. I I agree with you completely. It's dawning on me. I am missing a player on my All NBA team that absolutely deserves to be there, and now I got to kick somebody out. I'm not sure how to do this. Ah, uh, all right. Um, if you would like to stall for time, seeing as we are down to the All NBA no, teams I, I and the defensive player the, uh, and the MVP of the league. I can uh, I can lead off. We can. Do we want to put the whole, all three of our teams out there and then talk? Do we want to go team by team? What are you thinking? How uh, are you feeling? I mean, I I know that I will need to discuss my first team and my second team together at least, considering some of the decisions. So, all right, I have shifted uh, things uh, around. All right. Um. No, my yeah, my team is good now. Uh, it's just we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh, I guess we can go. We can go back and forth. We can list out our third team, our second team, our first team, and then we can discuss. How's that sound? Yeah, it sounds like a, a strategy to me. All right. So my All-NBA third team, I've got Fred Van Vliet and Trey Young as the guards. I've got Pascal Siakam and Draymond Green as the forwards. And I've got Carl Anthony Towns as the center. How about you? Uh, what, what? Uh, Van, Van Vliet, Young. If it makes it easier for you, let me just send you what i have oh that that works as well i just want to see both of these so that i can see what uh similarities and differences we have yeah i will send you a screenshot of this all nba team there we go oh this is already confusing to me not not because of anything com- complicated but the fact that you have it going up and down and i have it going right to left or left uh right. no not already, like this already is messed up um all right all nba 13 who have you got do 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 
spelled a person's name wrong that's already all right um so all nba third team uh i have chris paul all right trey young okay demar Derozan. okay pascal siakam mm-hmm cat okay so we've got we've got some agreement in there on on the third team mm-hmm. oh, on the second team i've got john morant and demar Derozan as the two guards i've got demar Derozan in at guard I've got LeBron James and Jason Tatum at forward. And at center, I have Nikola Jokic as my second team All-NBA center. All right. My second team, pretty similar. Uh, I have John Morant, Steph Curry, Jason right. Tatum, LeBron James, Jokic. Interesting. Okay. I think Curry's season is criminally underrated, I mainly because he was a god in the first month and a half. And then it reverted to slightly below Steph Curry standard in the the rest of the season, and I think the well, focus... there, there was there was a stretch, and then the where it wasn't like even that. before. I mean, this is a. I, I guess I'll save this for our discussion stretch. Let's uh, let's blitz through this all NBA first team, and then we can kind of go team by team and discuss our picks. So all NBA first team We've got Devin Booker, Luka Doncic as the guards, Giannis. And Kevin Durant as the forwards, and Joel Embiid as center. Exactly the same. Exactly uh, the same all NBA first team. If it means anything, uh, it doesn't. Uh, Doncic and Booker are switched on my end, but that does again. That doesn't mean squad. <laughs> yeah. Well, so as in, okay, as, as in, in like, you, like you in would order, I, my order of them. Mm, not, I guess not, it, it, not to it say that Doncic is better than Booker or anything like that. Just whichever one I typed in first was Doncic type, first, and then Booker. But you thought of Doncic before you thought of Booker. That's interesting. Uh, I, I guess. Interesting. All right. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying anything of it. Maybe you just I mean, naturally in your head went from, point guard from shooting. That logic. Or, but... I mean, the logic. The way that I was doing this, I thought of Don, uh, like Devin Booker before. I thought of Nikola Jokic, despite the fact that ah, it's clearly. Well, well okay. I mean, those are separate position groups. Um, but okay. Um, Steph Curry season. Let's talk, let's 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 dive into that a little more. Let's look into it. Let me make sure I'm not. You know, because uh, I feel like the narrative around Steph this season was at the start of the season. It, he looked like the MVP candidate he's been year in, year out. Um, and he fell, you say, slightly below Steph's standards. For a stretch, he did fall to mere mortal status. Yes, yeah. And it was an extended stretch. It was a, it was a solid month, month and a half of very borderline all-star level basketball from Steph. Nowhere near the MVP level that we're used to seeing him. Um, I think that hurt his MVP case a lot. but. What led me to not include him on any of my all-NBA teams was the fact that just as he was ramping back up, injury sidelined him for mm. a good chunk of the second half of the season. Um, I think if he hadn't missed more time, I would have him there. Or if he had had a season like LeBron has had, where with the, like, in the time that he hasn't missed, he has been elite the entire way, I would have had him. Uh, but I think the combination of that bit of a slump stretch and the injuries kind of left him off of my all NBA teams. Okay, that makes that makes sense. I can understand that. This is, I guess, part partly Homerism, a little bit of being a, a Curry fan. Um, oh, don't get me wrong. I love him. I love him, and I would have loved to see him have a strong season. But I, I mean, because considering I put yeah. Demar Derozan in at guard. Uh, it wasn't tough to find six other guards I thought had a stronger season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, may, again, this is maybe me being on the hype train. This is maybe me 
paying attention to the Atlantic Division a lot, but uh, I, I think we both had Siakam on our third team, but I had Van Vliet there too because Siakam and Van Vliet leading the league in minutes played, it's not even close, and they have both still been really effective, and Toronto has gotten up to the five seed out east in what, I mean, I will contend is a very strong and very balanced Eastern Conference. So uh, I, I, I did not have too much trouble finding six guards that I would put in there over Steph. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Um, um, we agreed mostly on, we agreed completely on the first team. Yep. Uh, any consideration for Jokic on the first team? Yes. And that is all I will say until MVP conversation. <laughs> ah, so uh, this year they have, the, the league has pointed out and media people have pointed out that Jokic and Embiid are both eligible to be voted as forwards and centers, mm-hmm. but whichever position they receive more votes in is the position that they'll be slotted in onto the team. Um, so if they both get more votes at, votes at center than at forward, uh, they will both be centers. One will be first, one will be second. Right, right. If one of them gets more votes as a forward, they can both be on the first team. So I will I will say this. Uh, the reason why I was redoing my list is because initially I did have Embiid and Jokic both on the first team. I think I had Embiid and forward. Um, then about five minutes before we were actually about to start discussing this, I was looking over my list and realized that Jason Tatum was not on any of my teams, which ah. is very wrong. Um, and so I had to shift things around to do that. And the easiest way to shift it around was keeping him beat on the first team because I I because I think that he's first team and Jokic's second team. This is spoiling my MVP. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get into that more in the yeah. MVP conversation, but one of the cent, one of the two set MVP level centers had to go to the second team. Exactly, yeah. Makes sense. Um we both had uh, on the second team, we both had Jaw, LeBron, Tatum, Jokic. Yep. Um your second guard was Steph. I had DeMar DeRozan who you had on the third team. Uh, Trey Young, uh, who in my book had LeBron won the scoring title, I think it was Trey Young, seeing as he has scored the most points in the NBA. I guess, yeah, it really depends on how you want to classify um, the scoring title aspect of it. Yeah, and this is this is a debate we've had before, um, off off of the record, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Joel Embiid, leading scorer this season, more or less kind of locked in, unless. Giannis has a crazy game and Embiid disappears, I believe. Which honestly, uh, not completely out of the question. It's not completely out of the question. It could happen. Um, oh yeah, all, all NBA 13, we had Trey, uh, Siakam was there. Uh, Cat was you, there. You had Cat, you had DeMar, and who was your other guard again? Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Chris Paul is an interesting one. Um, another guard who, an, another established veteran guard who's had a lot of injuries this year. Mm-hmm. I, or I think not a lot of injuries, but he's missed he's missed a enough. decent amount of time. Uh, in if I'm not missed, I'm pretty sure this is right. I think he and Steph have played the same amount of games, or maybe that's like one difference. That that so, sounds about right. They they both so haven't like, missed yeah. a ton of time. Yeah, but they've both missed enough time. Yeah, and then uh, Curry hit my broke pass. I guess my injury benchmark of probably like sixty games, maybe fifty five games, something like that. Yeah, I, yeah. He, he, neither of them missed as much time as LeBron did. Um, we both had LeBron all NBA second team. Yeah, but LeBron I, is LeBron's LeBron at that point. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's allowed to miss. He can miss. He can miss all games but one. And I think I would still argue for him to be at least third team if if that one game was really good. If if he if he posted a hundred point triple double and one game and did not play at all the rest of the season, I would I'd have him in my all NBA teams too. Yeah, yeah, I'd be like, you know, it was one game, but 
But this it was is one game, but look what we saw in that one game. It's like it's like, hey, it's the it's the is it the goat? Is it the goat? It could be the goat. Ah, maybe it's the goat. <laughs> exactly. Speak speaking of maybe the goat, uh you pulled hard for Giannis Hardware as defensive player of the year. I did. Do you have him as your MVP? Uh I don't. Now, noted Sixers fan. Honorude, <laughs> aka Adurin, aka GMPM DM of Not a Scratch, aka owner of this show. Noted Philadelphia 76ers fan. Who do you have as your MVP? You know, it's about time. I'm going to quote LeBron here. It's about time. There's been conversation for this player for a long time. It's been out of, you know, out of re- reach of time. There's been years where, you know, it's right there for them. And for whatever reason, it's just, you know, it's just out of the grass. Maybe somebody else surges ahead. Uh, you know, conversation kind of goes away from them, and of course, the player can can be unlikable at times, right? There's instances naturally, where naturally. their antics can sometimes cause people to to wonder, you know, all right, they they deserve it, but should they get the award? You know what I mean? Of course. So that's of why, course. of course, gotta say MVP of the league, Chris Ball, baby, let's go. Oh, absolutely, he is at it. <laughs> he is the only reason. The Suns have as many wins as they do. We haven't talked about anyone else on the Suns at all throughout this uh, throughout this uh, episode. Right. Um, he is the one guy. There's nobody undisputed. else. The Suns are Chris Paul, Monty Williams, and that's it. They have Monty Williams? Who's who's that? We haven't talked about him at all. <laughs> no, but, but you don't understand, man. Chris Paul made Monty Williams. Oh, of course, of course. How uh, the only thing I'm How could I forget? It, How could I forget? I'm trying to remember that one. Uh, I can't remember who said it. But there was like some conversation about like Chris Paul's essence gave the the Suns the win, and I'm like, yo, I love Chris Paul, but that is not it. <laughs> uh, um, it's especially during last year's playoff run for the yeah, Suns. I think it was a lot, the run. a lot of people were very big on Chris Paul, but uh, in all seriousness, he's had a great season as always. He is the point god, but he is not the MVP. No, it is uh, for the first time, Joel Embiid. I think the consistency is not the best word to use here because you could easily throw that to Jokic. But I think with every, with MVP, there are so many different ways you can award it based on what you feel like doing it. Is it purely statistically based, a la Russell Westbrook? Is it best player on the best team, like about 60% of the time? Is it the narrative situation? Uh, you know, this player finally getting the MVP after a long time that they didn't. I think arguably uh, Kobe's MVP um, could have been a narrative MVP simply because he was having as good of a Kobe season as every other year, except now we finally realize oh wait he's been in the league for 10 years and we have not awarded him an mvp once let's give him the mvp now yep even though there are earlier seasons like you could argue uh, he's more valuable to the team um but this one kind of just merges all of that together off the field stuff you know going into the team all the shenanigans with the sixers for the first half of the year um his play itself has been fantastic uh the fact that he hasn't won one in a while and this is for all intents and purposes at least you know worst case scenario a top two big in the league um all that combined together to basically say, you know, Embiid, MVP, here's your MVP. Go fight for real ones later, I guess. If you want to be a negative person, I'm going to sit here and say, yep, MVP, get the ring. We'll, we'll figure out what to do after that. But, like, you know, get this work. Yeah, uh, I agree. I agree. I I think Joel Embiid is the season's MVP. Um, this I, is I... incredibly tough for me because I am in my head advanced stats mean so much and Jokic you know destroys everybody in the league when it comes to advanced stats but oh yeah uh, but I do think a lot of it narrative based which I think the MVP is also a lot more important to compared to other awards 
yeah the, the narrative is there for Embiid. The, the narrative for Jokic, in my opinion is he's doing this despite everybody else not being there a la michael porter jr uh, uh jamal murray yeah jamal uh, will murray. barton missed Jaylen? a bunch of time this year exactly uh, um pj dozier was a huge part of that team he got hurt and now he's gone uh, they're, they're, they've been missing a lot of guys, yeah. Yeah, I think Jokic's argument is more standard in the sense of he's doing it despite everybody not being there. For Embiid, it's he's doing it despite the Ben Simmons situation, despite team turmoil is different. The, the trade shifts the dynamics of the team significantly, and I think that could potentially help his argument, especially since James Harden hasn't looked like Houston James Harden. He's looked like Brooklyn James Harden. Um, he he looked up. like start of 2019 Houston James Harden mm. at times. At right. times, yes. Yeah. Minus the physique. Um, like, yeah, minus the physique. Literally minus. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, uh, I, I think the the narrative is definitely there for Embiid. I, I think what put me... Uh, because this, this season, as we come into the home stretch, Giannis, Embiid, Jokic have all been talked about as winning, as potentially winning the MVP. And they are all very deserving of the award. But there can Absolutely. only be there can only be one. There can only be one. And well, not technically. You could tie for MVP, which I you, think would be hilarious. You could technically tie. We could we could see co MVPs. I think Bro, it is incredibly be, unlikely for us to see fantastic. triple MVPs. Give um, me the triple MVP. I just want to see what happens to the league if there's a triple MVP. The the number of people who would scream participation trophy would be insane. <laughs> but people um, vote on it. That's the thing. I can, people I vote. Can people that. vote, and people tie the vote, and people get co MVPs. Um, yeah, but. You can tell I'm not like a real NBA fan because I'm rooting for a triple MVP. <laughs> I I'm mean, a fan, but I'm not I a mean, fan as fan. someone who considers himself a real NBA fan, I I would not be mad at it. But I mean, at the end of the day, you can only vote for one person if you have a vote. And no, just collusion. That's all we need. Mm, we just, we just need people. We just need like, tell everyone. We need to tell a third of people to vote you first, you second, you third, and then exactly. split, split all the votes that way. If it doesn't um, add up, then then you know abstain. <laughs> exactly. We need some people to just toss their ballots. I can't um, wait to, yeah, we see the ballot. We see. Don't they release the ballots afterwards? Like who they votes do. On yeah, I can't wait to see it. Like yeah, or because not the, the specific ballots. I don't think, but they do release the totals, the voting. Yeah, totals. I I think they they release the voters as well. Do they release each voter's individual ballot? I think they do. Yeah, maybe they can, do. Maybe there's they always do. comments afterwards of like, you know, I can clearly tell you like your newspaper is from I don't know. Um, yeah, your paper is from Milwaukee. Why are you voting voting for our right? Uh, right, they're Bobby happy to say that all NBA first team or something like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, shout out Bobby Porter. But uh, but I can't wait to see they tie and we see like a handful of folks just blank spaces across their MVP. Section. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's like wait a second. This total there was total number of voters and this total number of votes doesn't. Mm. But yeah, no, it like it Embiid is fully deserving. Jokic and Giannis have both had insanely strong seasons. Um. But I think Embiid having his both leading the league in scoring and otherwise having the strong season, both offensively and defensively, he's had while his franchise has been one of the three or four most turbulent franchises in the league this season. And to still have them not just in the playoffs, but having home court in the first round of the playoffs, uh, top four within a few games of the one seed. Right. Um, in what I've said before, and I will say again, and I will say forever, at least about this season, has been a very strong and very balanced Eastern Conference. I, I think that that puts it to bed. Um, Jokic has had an incredible season. He's he won MVP last year. He's even better this year. He has uh -huh. no help, and the Nuggets are 
still out of the play-in, which is very commendable. Giannis is still the same player who won MVP two years ago, who won well, finals better. MVP I think Giannis has improved he's, as well. Well, he is the same player plus a better jump shot. Yeah, plus now... the ability to facilitate a little bit better. Plus be, having to cover more defensively and doing it with uh, Brooke yeah. Lopez being out for so long and Ibaka not assimilating into the team right from the jump. Um, but And uh, Milwaukee, the two seed in the East, is definitely amazing to see. But and they're probably among the front runners to come out of the East. But I, I think what Embiid's in this season deserves recognition. And if I'm being completely honest, if if James Harden sticks around Philly, this could be Embiid's best chance. I don't know if we'll see another season. Nikola Jokic has Nikola Jokic and Giannis have both proven that they will have other seasons like this. They have had, they had it this year, and they'll probably have it again. They will probably be two of the three names we discussed next year. Embiid with his franchise in limbo the way it is, I don't I don't know if that's the case for him. Mm, right, right. I don't know if we'll be able to have the same conversation about him next year. Um, and so with all that said, I, I do also think Embiid is this year's MVP. I think yeah, it is close. It, to the it is part. close. But I, I think he has it. Yeah, great. Um, those so, are all we the agree- yeah. so we agreed on a lot more than I thought we would. Yeah, basically it's... Uh, we, we agreed on damn near everything. Basically, it's uh, I'm missing Fred Van Fleet. I could stuff him in here, uh, though my excuse I, I, because I, I, I threw Curry in there once. Uh, I mean, yeah, I I slept on Curry and Chris Paul in a way you didn't in all NBA and all defensive teams. Um, we the all rookie second teams where you are looking for the that second level of rookie. We had some different names come up, mm-hmm. um, but all in all, a lot of agreement. Who would have thunk right. it? Yeah. I say who to funk it. We didn't think this would be the Yeah, we came into this fully expecting like, all right, so my list is going to be like, my uh, my all-NBA centers are going to be Steven Adams, uh, Rudy Gobert, and Clint Capella. And then yours are like a legitimate list or something like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I mean, maybe maybe one of these times we'll have an all-meme team and that will truly be the big debate. Um, but I, I guess we have... For various levels of what you can call casual NBA fans, we have a very similar outlook on this season. Yeah. Um, this is only giving me more confidence that I know what I'm talking about in, in the NBA world, despite the fact that I, you know, I, no offense, but I don't think you are, you know, Brian Wood, Winhurst or you know, someone ex- that, like that excuse level. Excuse <laughs> you. I have a higher level of insight to the NBA than are any of those stooges over at are ESPN you shams, do. I am not Shams. Woj yeah. alert. Yeah, the, the, the <laughs> athletic. You see a Muhammad alert soon? <laughs> <laughs> Drop a Yusuf bomb. Uh, <laughs> gonna reconsider those that wording. Um, Ooh, yeah, my, no, F- um, my FBI guy might be listening. Uh, there yeah, might be a bleep here in the episode. Um, but yeah. Um, Why'd you editing this one? <laughs> oh yeah, I gave myself work to do, even though we just <laughs> sat here and talked about sports for an hour. Um, that kind of covers our NBA awards. Real quick before we go and you do the outro. Quick thought. Just top of your top of your head, who do you see in the finals? Uh, random thought without actually writing it down. I'll probably actually do a write down thing once the season. We, we, we'll, ends. We'll, we'll, I think next. I think it would be very fun next week to sit down and go through and build, what, build things out. Just talk through our bracket in terms of you know who we see coming out, and we can go into more uh, detail about that next week. Uh, what's the actual 
playoff eight playoff teams are set in the end of the play-in. Uh, but All just right. real yeah. quick, real quick thought before we go right now. Finals matchup. Who you got? Random thought going into this. Uh, so I make it a habit in the NFL never to pick the same teams back to back because they never show up. That's not the case in the NBA. I think based it on how the season has gone, I might go rematch. I might think Suns, uh, Bucks. I was on the Warriors train for a while. I I I do think the injuries may may not have caught up to them necessarily. Um, but I do think it's going to be an iffy situation when we go multiple rounds in, unless Curry gets healthy and good as opposed to just healthy, um, or unless Clay turns into like prime Clay. I think Clay's season is underrated as well. I see a lot of people being like, "Oh no, he's not prime Clay," but I'm like, a the two year injury, b he's showing prime Clay f- like flashes. Oh yeah, he, to be- every every game he has had moments where he has looked as athletic if not more athletic than he has ever been exactly he has come back after two years to a completely different team minus Stefan draymond and i think that is so impressive i think yeah i think people may have expected to i think people were expecting the all defensive-esque like you know all defensive three-point sniper that he was in in his healthy prime as opposed to his uh current prime I, yeah, I think I think next year Clay gonna show up as regular old Clay with. Uh, I I think the Wa- I think the Warriors, if the second half of their season wasn't as defined by injury with Curry and Draymond going down for extended periods of time, if that wasn't the case, then uh, I think the Warriors would have a strong case out west. Uh, but I think it's the Suns out of the West without question. Out of the East, the way things look right now, Boston is terrifying, and I know this is slight homerism. And I normally am very much more pessimistic about my teams, <laughs> but I do I do think we can expect to see the Celtics in the finals. Um, they've shown they can beat every team in the East right now when fully healthy, and even when not fully healthy. Um, without Rob Williams, Horford, and Tatum, they had the Bucks in a close game. Uh, without everyone, they barely lost to Tor- without their entire starting lineup minus Marcus Smart. They barely lost in Toronto. They've right. handled Philly. They've handled Brooklyn. They've played Miami to close games without being at full strength. So I, I see them coming out of the East here. I, I could see that, yeah. Which obviously means, of course, now that we've made these decisions, the actual finals, you and I both know, are going to be Hornets Spurs, right? Um, actually, I, I'm going to have to slightly disagree with you on that one. It's going to be Hornets Pelicans. Pelicans. Um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 think, I think the Pelicans having home court in this play-in game is truly going to affect who we can expect Everything. to see. Everything. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. You, you, you think we're going to see LaMelo Ball get finals MVP, but it's actually going to be Zion. 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 Zion Williamson is about to come back. He is about to play in this, not the first play-in game. He's going to play in the game. second play-in game. <laughs> He's going to play in the second play-in game. He's going to knock out, uh, who would it be that comes out of that game? Uh, it would be Minnesota, because I think the Clippers beat Minnesota. So Zion would outduel Cat. It is first game on the NBA court in a year. Um, and then lead the Pelicans on this magical run. Him and CJ. Uh, Brandon Ingram would go back to his all-star form. I, I think that's really what we can expect to see. Do, there is no argument that the regular season does not matter more than if Zion came in and made at least the conference finals. That would... I mean, the Pelicans have really turned it around since the deadline. Um, yeah, yeah, adding think, CJ adding and CJ and just like the team consistency and everything like that. I think like but, the Celtics, it but, took a while for things to get going until and now that now it is. But and, but also, I mean, the trade deadline and the All Star break. That's all really like it, that's not the halfway point. That's like the two thirds point of the season. So basically, mo- most of the points don't matter. This is just whose line. 
<laughs> it's basically whose line is in yeah at that point so then the nba season after uh after this happens after zion shows it up uh the nba decides all right we're cutting down our schedule at this point we're no longer doing 82 games we're gonna do 20 game seasons um happening on Every, like a, everyone it's a 29 game season everyone plays everyone once it's a it's just a it's just a round robin group stage for the playoffs <laughs> that's all it is that's all it is <laughs> yep that's it that's exactly three, right. three month season we'll have all-star in between the season and the playoffs it'll be a good time let's go <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah that's it all right i think that'll do it i think uh that's that's a wrap for our first muhammad and honoru talk sports um I, that's i we're still workshopping a name for this um it's the the duo thing yeah on route everything ever anything and everything that you need to plug go ahead and plug away yeah show up at this show that's it there's other shows you know about them you're listening to this one so yep that about sums it up why not <laughs> You can, you can you can lead us out, good sir. Oh, great. Uh, thank you very much for listening and for supporting the show in any way, shape, or form that you do. Until next time, take care. <laughs>